And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews. I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, about the movie we're going to discuss, we probably should have written letters to each other <laughs> instead of just talking. I know where you're going. Well, because this is called Letters to Juliet. It is directed by Gary Winnick, written by Jose Rivera and Tim Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And it stars Amanda Seyfried, Christopher Egan, Gail Garcia Bernal, and and the amazingly wonderful Vanessa Redgrave. And the very handsome Franco Nero. Absolutely. When Franco Nero appears towards the end of this picture, he lifts the whole thing up by its bootstraps. Mm -hmm. He's quite wonderful. Sophia is a young woman, a fact checker and copy editor for the New Yorker magazine. She is desperate to write something, anything, Mm -hmm. but they won't let her. They want to keep her fact checking. She is engaged to Victor, played by Gail Garcia Bernal. He is a restaurateur. He is about to open a new Italian restaurant in New York City. Isn't everybody? (laughs) Yes, it seems like it. Well, he goes off to Italy to meet all these Italian suppliers and producers of food, and he takes Sophia with him, Mm -hmm. but she is very bored because he's very busy. She discovers a wall on the street in Verona. Now, Verona is the place where Juliet lived in the Romeo and Juliet play, and women write letters to Juliet and put them on the wall because they want advice about love and romance and things. And there are four women secretaries who work upstairs, and they actually answer all Mm -hmm. these letters. Well, in poking around, Sophia finds a letter that was written 50 years earlier. She comes upon it behind a brick somewhere. It was written by a woman named Claire, and Sophia decides she must answer this letter. Well, I think she senses there might be a story here. And of course, since she's a would-be writer for a magazine, she wants to explore that possibility. Absolutely, absolutely. So she writes this letter, and oh my goodness, here comes Claire herself, 50 years older, of course, Vanessa Redgrave. Uh She and her grandson, Charlie, played by Christopher Egan, set out to find everybody with this name. Lorenzo. Lorenzo (laughs) in this part of Italy. And wouldn't you know, there are probably 50 Lorenzos that fall into the possibility of being the correct Lorenzo. That's right. So there is some fun, I would say, in meeting all of these different guys. Oh, of course. And most of them are kind of old, dumpy guys. One of them is a priest, I mean. Right. And of course, Claire grows more and more saddened that this isn't going to happen. But Sophia is along with them, and she keeps this whole thing alive. Well, I guess she does. I guess she does. She tries to. Well, she tries to keep the plot alive, and I don't think the plot is all that bad. No, I don't think the plot's bad, Les, not at all. There's something very charming about it. As a matter of fact, the movie would have succeeded, I believe, except that I don't think the casting really worked in this film. And I'll tell you why. I think Amanda Seyfried is a charming, adorable, cute actress. But I think when it comes to playing a character, and we call it just being yourself, playing oneself on the screen, I don't think that's her strong suit. I liked her in the movie Chloe. She had a much more nymphette kind of role to play, and that worked for her. But in this movie, I don't think that Amanda Seyfried is very good at playing natural. You know, Les, so many young actresses, and I'm going to cite a couple of them. Kristen Stewart's one of 
of them, Katherine Heigl, Kristen Bell, they are given rather nondescript characters to play in rom-coms. And as a result, I don't think they know quite what to do on screen. It's one thing when you have a neurotic character, something eccentric to play, but it's far more difficult to be natural, to be ordinary. Somebody ought to sit down and watch Rosalind Russell movies or Katherine Hepburn Well, movies. I agree with you. And how about the film Falling in Love with the great Meryl Streep and Robert De Niro, a movie that was made in 1984? I mean, those two people didn't play anything too far off from who they really are in real life. But yet they have enough life experiences, and I will say enough solid acting training to be able to pull off playing a normal person. You're absolutely right there, Anne. And I love looking at Amanda Seyfried. I mean, she's very, very lovely. Very appealing. But gee whiz, I lost interest in her so quickly because she's not doing anything up there except being cute. Yes, you're right, Les. She's just walking through the scenes and saying her lines. She's also doing something that I think Kristen Stewart does a lot, and that is they belong to some kind of a cult that says less is more up on the screen. They give you absolutely no energy. And, you know, it's very tough to look at these beautiful young girls who are mumbling their lines. They have no energy. Didn't you at one point just say to yourself, I wish someone would light a firecracker under her so that we could get some life up on the screen. Really, it's a very limp, listless performance. I think it's a limp, listless film. I agree with you. Because of that, I think it is. And the only reason that I even hung in there and I did stay awake, I almost tried to go to sleep, but I didn't want to miss a second of Vanessa Redgrave. Right. And if you want to know what we are talking about, go see this film, look at Amanda, and look at Vanessa. Right. And is there a difference there besides age? Well, There is talent. There is depth. There is feeling. There is understanding. Gravitas is another word that's used a lot. Absolutely. There's another big problem with this movie, and that is I never once bought that Amanda Seyfried's character or Amanda Seyfried herself could have ever been a fact checker for such a high-powered magazine as The New Yorker. It would never happen. She's not intellectual enough. She doesn't have that kind of innate curiosity about her. So, Right from the get-go, I was finding a problem believing in this character and in this movie. And at one point, if you recall, Vanessa Redgrave, as Claire, turns to her grandson, a very handsome Christopher Egan, by the way. And I think he does a nice job in the film. I think he really tries to put some energy up there and yeah. bring some fire to the proceedings. Well, I think he tried. <laughs> okay. I think he tried. But my point is that Claire turns to him at one point and says, how many Sophies do you think are on this planet? And you want to yell out, maybe a million, maybe 10 million. Don't rush it. Don't rush marrying this young girl because there is nothing phenomenal about Sophie. So the whole movie is kind of based on a misdirection, I would say. It's a false premise. It's a false premise because, sure, you know, both people are very good to look at. And I can imagine them getting together. I can't imagine them spending their lives together. No. I think it would be a great six-week romance. Yawn. Yawning, <laughs> yawning, yawning. I thought the movie was a great travelogue until those young actors showed up and ruined everything. <laughs> And by the way, if you want to get a terrific look at Tuscany and its environs and particularly the region where you can see Chianti wine being made, this is a beautiful picture 
for that reason, you might want to check it out. But I was so disappointed in this rom-com. It wasn't terribly romantic, except for the fact that Vanessa Redgrave and Franco Nero do have a classic embrace towards the end of the movie, and I loved that singular moment. Well, let's not forget that in 1967, Vanessa Redgrave and Franco Nero made Camelot together. Yes, they did. Fell in love on and off screen. They did. They had a child together. They were together for a long while. Then they kind of broke up. They each married other people. Right. And in 2006, they remarried. So there was a lot more romance than what was actually going on the screen. Well, their story was terrific, and I defy anyone not to get a lump in their throat and reach for the Kleenex when you see those two great performers having a magical moment, a magical kiss. You know what? I put this movie into a new category. I'm going to call it Slumber Party Fair. (laughs) This is the perfect movie for moms and dads to rent when their tweens say, hey, I'm having a sleepover with 14 of the girls from school. Can you rent us a movie? Yes, indeed. Letters from Juliet. First of all, there's nothing wrong with the movie. There's no bad language. And the best part, it'll put them to sleep. So, (laughs) for me, Letters from Juliet gets a very pleasant yellow light. Oh, my gosh. But it's flickering. So you better tell me what light you're giving it. I'm giving it a yellow light, too. And the only reason I'm giving it a yellow light is because I love watching Vanessa Redgrave in anything. Before you see this film, go out and rent Camelot and see how gorgeous she was 40 years ago. And she's still gorgeous. And he's still gorgeous, Franco (laughs) Nero. And you'll enjoy that. And then you will look forward to the climax of this film, Letters to Juliet, Uh even more. So for that reason, two yellow lights from Ann Elder and myself. Mine is a flickering yellow. Hers is flickering (laughs) for Letters to Juliet. Well, we got some more movies we want to give flickering or non-flickering lights to. We will be back to do that. Until that time, I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to bump into you somewhere also giving flickering lights to the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.